Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I talk Monday Night Raw from last night and continue our reaction to AEW's Double or Nothing with a very special guest. After Double or Nothing this weekend, everybody was watching Raw last night to see if WWE would address all elite wrestling. Sami Zayn took the bait, but was he told to do it? Plus, we are honored to be joined by AEW President and CEO Tony Khan to reflect on Double or Nothing and look ahead to the future of all elite wrestling. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Now, obviously, AEW's on every wrestling fan's mind, and we've been talking a lot about it. I just never thought we'd hear it on Monday Night Raw. You could ask me anything. You could have asked me about AEW. <sighs> hey, Sammy, hey, so, listen, I know you mentioned the Universal Champion. You mentioned Seth Rollins, who we've seen earlier tonight had sort of a bad night. Hypothetically speaking, you did have that match for the Universal Championship with Seth Rollins. All right. How does that so obviously, Sami Zayn. I don't know what the hell that electric chair. <laughs> the, the whole funny part about this whole deal was Sammy had his hand over his mouth, like oh, oh, the whole time that that he was talking back to him. So I just was sitting there laughing the whole point. Like I couldn't hear nothing, none of the question that he said after that. Yeah, it's just that you're like, wow. And, and and like you said, you know, Sami Zayn's facial expression after he said it. So let's break it down. Sami Zayn during that segment where he was taking questions from the crowd, the electric chair, Sami Zayn's electric chair segment. I don't know what that was. But, you know, the fact that he mentioned AEW. Now, if you go to the YouTube page now or WWE.com, you're not going to hear that. That's all edited out. You only were able to see it when it actually happened last night on Monday Night Raw. Like... What's going on there? Because obviously it started a bit of a shitstorm, Mark, because the fans in the arena were chanting AEW after he mentioned it. What went on? Why did Sami Zayn mention AEW last night? Because Sami Zayn, his whole thing is about the truth. It's about what's real. And he's saying things like, like, like last night, Jacob said, pipe bomb. And I went, yeah. Literally, like he—that's what he's doing. That's why I've—I've I've said this. He's the best promo in wrestling right now, because he's saying things that incites a riot, and it's not so much that it incites a riot. Let me take that back. Is that 
it, the reflection of what he's saying points directly at the fan and he's emotionally getting them invested and and you can't you can't pick an, I don't know if you can find another guy in the industry right now uh that that's inciting a riot like that let me ask you this was he asked to do that or do you think he completely no. did that on his own no he completely did that on his own you can look in his face and and tell that that's that was all sammy that he's not speaking from a scripted standpoint he's a smart guy so he can ingest the content, the material, and then come out with positive content. Everybody can't do that. Some people have to read it the way that the writers write it and go from there. Sammy is not that guy. Sammy is brilliant, and he's out there freestyling and giving people exactly what he wants them to respond to, and they do exactly what he tells them to do. He is the puppeteer. And I, I, I said that about Cena when he and I uh, locked up. I was like, y'all all puppets. He's he's playing you. He's the guy that's holding the strings, and he is dancing you around like a fool. And that is what Sammy is doing to them. He is puppeteering the entire WWE universe. And I love it because it's strong heel stuff. You see, people wouldn't even slap his hand. He put his hand up like he wanted to slap five with the fans walking down. They shunned him. They're like, "Man, you, you, you're not, you're not fun. You're not, you're not, you're not cool. Don't try to slap my hand." And and for a fan not to slap your hand, whether you're good or bad, like is is telling. It's very telling. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. President and CEO of All Elite Wrestling AEW, Tony Khan, joins us here on Busted Open. Tony, how are you today? I'm very well, Dave. How are you? Great. And we really appreciate you joining the show. And it was great being a part of that historic event on Saturday with Double or Nothing. And now that the the dust has kind of settled a little bit and it's been a couple of days since Saturday, how are you feeling? I feel awesome. feel awesome. Uh, Not surprised that it was a great show. We knew going in we expected to have a great show. Uh, But it still feels great that we have it under our belt and that we can hang our hat on that we've done this great show. Now, if we can only get Nick Foles to make a big run into the playoffs, <laughs> life would be perfect. <laughs> that would be perfect. That would be perfect. Um, and uh, by the way, Mark, one of the one of the real highlights after the show was over for me was getting to spend time with you and getting to talk to you. And uh, the talk of the media after the post show media scrum was how great of an interviewer Mark is. That was all people wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> really a pleasure well thank you very much and and you know we have so many questions and we debated whether or not we were going to be comical like we normally always are or we we're going to be serious and and we we had questions already prepared that we were going to lob some little things up to see kind of where we were going to go with this but i think we're going to go straight after it and you know i my questions you know are more business questions they're they're more structural questions and i wanted okay. to know um, when did you know uh, that you were going to financially back a pro wrestling company? Uh, I 
decided last year, early last year, um, when the negotiations uh, for new TV contracts were happening uh, around WWE and the numbers were coming in, that it was a very good time uh, for live sports television. Uh, seeing, you know, uh, not just WWE, but also uh, I'm heavily involved in the NFL. I know uh, what's going on with our TV rights negotiations. And I'm familiar with a lot of what's happening in major sports as far as rights fees and, uh, you know, the interest among the big networks in wrestling and live sports in general. And uh, I knew that there were going to be a lot of great wrestlers, great performers coming up with the ability to start working for us in the beginning of 2019. Uh, Not everybody was getting out on the same day, but I knew that around the start of 2019, there were going to be more performers out of contract than ever before. Uh, And there was also more opportunity in media than ever before. So it just seemed like the right time to do it. It's something I've always wanted to do, something I've always been interested in doing. But, you know, as a business person, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think it was the right time and and the right place for this. You know, Tony, I I was a part of, you know, Sirius NFL radio for 13 years. And obviously there's no audience like an NFL audience. You know that being a part of the the Jaguars. But now I host this show full time five days a week. I think that shows the power and the popularity right now of pro wrestling and and you talk about timing i mean this really is the perfect time for aew to start absolutely absolutely it is and uh you know the power of the nfl there's no sports property and maybe no media property more important or more powerful than the national football league um and i've learned so much being a part of it being an owner in the nfl and uh i think my dad is not a hardcore fan of pro wrestling, mm-hmm. um, but he's a great businessman, and I made a great business case for this and took it to him, and it wasn't easy uh, to get him to buy into it, no pun intended, because that's the name of our pay-per-view pre-show, the buy-in. Um, but, um, it wasn't easy to get him to buy into it, but he did. He got really excited about it, and uh, we were able to you know, launch what – I think he's going to be a great wrestling company that has already done, I think, one of the great wrestling pay-per-views. And uh, we're going to do a lot more great pay-per-views. We're going to do a lot of great television. And it's going to be great for wrestling fans. You know, I'm, I think we have started delivering on some of the promises we've been making, which is awesome because, you know, it was our first real chance to go out and deliver for people. Um, I promised people a great show, and I, I feel like we delivered it. And, uh, you know, we promised people we were going to bring wrestling back to television, back to primetime television. And, you know, there, there had been other wrestling shows that were available in primetime television, but not at the same scale that we offered. One of the things I didn't get into in my uh, post-fight scrum uh, when we were talking and, and Mark was asking these amazing questions that kind of uh, opened the eyes of the wrestling media that Mark is now not only – a great wrestler, but he's now also um, one of the best people in the wrestling media. And uh, something I didn't get to touch base on is how exciting it was for me that Keith Mitchell and his team are producing wrestling at this level again. Mm -hmm. Because Keith Mitchell has been producing wrestling since WCW folded, but nothing like this. And nothing of this scale, nothing of this magnitude. And when he was able to work with the resources that, you know, we provided him, and uh, put together a show of this scale 
uh, the size of the arena, the scope of the arena, the lighting package we put together. Like Keith is as good as anyone in the business. Keith and his team have done, you know, as many pay-per-views as anybody ever in the business outside of, uh, you know, the core WWE group with Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just think Keith did an awesome job. Tony, uh, can I call you Tony or, or we are Mr. Khan? Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> Mark, I, I love the fact, too, you notice when he's talking about the media scrum after the event, the great and wonderful questions you asked mentioned nothing about my questions that I asked during that media scrum. It's well, all about the Hall of Famer Mark Henry. Unbelievable. You are chasing a hug right now to, <laughs> to go straight to Bully Ray. You are chasing a hug right now. Okay, okay. My my question, my next question was, we, we know how important uh, television distribution is. Can you talk about AEW's distribution strategy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're going to be doing a live weekly television show on TNT um, that's going to debut in the prime time this fall. Um, and we're going to also be distributing uh, to a number of other top wrestling markets. I can't specifically say where the TV is going to be. Um, and then as far as pay-per-view distribution, I think our partners were awesome for this show. Um, you know, uh, we've got, like I said, I think we've done a great show. We have that under our belt now. And the folks at Bleacher Report Live, uh, they were awesome. Uh, the cable and satellite carriers come in demand, uh, working with, you know, all the, all the cable carriers and DirecTV and uh, Dish Network. Uh, that, that's been great. Uh, really like the people at Fight. Um, and ITV box office uh, did an amazing job with this show. And I think we're going to be really, really happy when the numbers come in from England uh, and the UK in general, that the support from ITV was so great. Um, and I really, really would like to be partners with them for a long time. I talked to them today, right before uh, we did this interview, actually. Um, and they're very, uh, very excited. I spend a lot of my time in London and uh, have been planning this with them for a long time. And uh, I'm going to get back to London here. Uh, in the next week and uh, get back with those guys and, and keep planning to do more great things in the U.K. Um, and, and I can't say enough great things about domestically here in the United States how great it is to have wrestling back on Turner Networks with Warner Media with mm -hmm. TNT. Um, you know, they are a wrestling network, for better or for worse. There are a few channels that have been really successful in our lifetimes broadcasting wrestling, and TNT is absolutely one of them as much as anyone and i think it's you know it's really cool they're back in the wrestling business is it just tv or will it be like the over-the-top distribution and social media well, they, and they, they did it for this show they you know they did the bleacher report live for this show mark um the uh for the for the over-the-top distribution um now it's a great question you're asking and I, it, it's probably putting the cart before the horse a little bit on doing uh you know streaming services and things of that nature. I think there, there will be demand for it. Um, but, um, yeah, right now, you know, for 2019 and going forward this year, um, two big things I'm really focusing on launching are uh, pay-per-views, as we have done uh, with these traditional shows, um, and then, obviously, this primetime live television product. You know, Tony, obviously Mark and I, Bully too, we've talked a lot about AEW leading into what we saw this past weekend. And the one thing that excited me as a pro wrestling fan was when Cody said wins and losses matter. It's going to be more of a sporting feel to the product. 
coming out of Saturday, the fact that you kind of opened up the doors, let the media in, had the media scrum with the talent, that's something that's unprecedented when it comes to pro wrestling. And I really love that sports feel. Is that something that you really wanted to show with this company moving forward? Yeah, and yeah, and I really don't know any other way, honestly, because, you know, we come from the NFL and English football. And uh, for me, you know, I've been through hundreds of post-fight, post-match, post-game press conferences, and I don't know any other way than to be, you know, open and, and direct with you guys. And I've always had a really good relationship with the media that cover the teams. So uh, we don't really know as the Khan family. We don't know another way than to be you know, open and uh, sharing with you guys. I really enjoy interacting with you guys and everyone uh, in in the post-fight scrums. And we, you know, we did this one, but we've also done these after we've done, you know, our debut press conferences. And, uh, you know, I, I've gone out and talked to the media, Cody, the Young Bucks. And, um, yeah, I, I really, uh, I do enjoy it. I think the fans enjoy it. And I'm glad you guys enjoy it. And most importantly, I'm glad it makes your guys' jobs easier, you know, because does. we want you to support us. Yeah, it does. It really does. Good, Tony, good. Tony well, we, I, we always have find a way to bring stuff back to food. At oh least boy. I do. <laughs> and being spending <laughs> as much time as you do in England and in Europe, um, what's your what's your favorite food, and what do you think about Nando's? I love uh, I love steakhouses. I end up eating at a lot of steakhouses, um, and I kind of alternate between uh fish and uh steak are you are you a nando's fan or familiar <laughs> i love yeah i love nando's um it's a good it's a good spot mark we get tony khan on you're asking you about nando's what the hell I is love a food what the, Dave. what the hell is a nando you need it nando's it's great I, I have all the time in the world for you guys so uh i you know i blocked it out we can talk about whatever you want and uh Thank you. That's a softball question, really. Thank you. <laughs> Instead of asking like the probing hard, hard nosed questions, that's okay. But it's a valid. I Nando's is a great spot. Um, it's funny. My my friend Jack Whitehall, who helped us promote this pay per view, and is a huge, huge star in England and the UK, is the number one actor, comic actor, comedian, um, and uh, he's actually starring in a film right now that is is a. Uh, I guess they're filming it right now. They're almost done with the, the reshoots and the post-production for the Jungle Cruise. And he's starring in that film with The Rock and Emily Blunt. And uh, he uh, was really helpful in promoting this pay-per-view. He's got some really funny stuff in his stand-up about Nando's that uh, it's like the perfect place to take a woman on a date. And I don't want to try and butcher his stand-up, but he's got like a really good bit about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I... I to be honest, I end up uh, eating in a lot of steakhouses. Um, it's just that uh, wherever I am, I I usually try and find one, two, three steakhouses in whatever town I, I end up in. You know, I've been spending more time in Atlanta uh, recently uh, since uh, we got the Turner thing going uh, and some time in New York. And uh, a lot of, you know, find a lot of steakhouses there, find a couple I'm really loyal to. Same thing in London. Um, there's a couple of places I just, I, I always end up going. Well, so what kind of guy are you? Are you a fillet guy? You're a ribeye guy? A strip guy? What? Oh my gosh! This is, a food, this is the food is segment, Dave. You know what? Mark Henry can do whatever he wants. He can ask whatever he wants. Well, listen, such a bully! Don't I'm give such him a bully. That, don't give him that kind of rope, 
Tony, because he'll take it. And then we'll be talking about food for the next 15 minutes. Well, he just said that he's going to want the hard well, questions. The, well, let me ask you. Well, the next time Tony's in studio, we'll have him come in here, and I'll take him to Tad's Steakhouse down the street, and we'll have Dunkin' Donuts for dessert for crying out yeah! loud. Yeah! Well, that's God. what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love I it. I can't eat donuts. But, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, like I said, these are the uh, these are the questions everybody clearly wants to hear the answers on. So, if you And I'm happy, by the way, I am uh, – I, I will talk about food. I will talk about wrestling. I'll talk about whatever Mark wants to talk about. So, um, <laughs> I want Dave to ask his questions. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to my questions. But, but seriously, one thing, and I've said this on the show many times, Tony, is that my daughter, who's 15 years old, her and her friends in high school – Already fans of AEW before the first show even came down. She had the AEW t-shirts, her and her friends. Like, you have really been able to tap into an audience that I feel like the WWE hasn't been able to tap into. And that is that teenage audience, that 20-year-old audience. And, and that's kind of an audience that's escaped pro wrestling over the last decade or two. Was that a conscious effort of you to tap into that young audience? Yes, it was a, con- it was a conscious effort, but... I'm not surprised by it. It's been, it, it's been basically, I think our stuff skews younger and this show was very different from our social media. You know, um, this pay-per-view was not like an episode of being the elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watched it, you probably got the sense that a lot of these guys were very anxious to go out and have great matches. And I, you know, I, I can't say enough about the performances and I have to single out the EVP. Uh, because they earned it. Um, I mean, the performances that Kenny Omega, the performances the Young Bucks, and the performance Cody put out there, like, you guys put their money where their mouth is, you know? Um, Not just as executives, but also as performers. I mean, those final three matches were about as good as anything you're going to see, and their opponents, you know, respectively, Chris Jericho, the Lucha Brothers, and and Dustin Rhodes uh, were outstanding as well. And we uh, came out of the show... Like I said, bell to bell, I think, not just the final three matches, but everything, uh, the, the, the tag matches, the best friends, uh, the women's three-way that became a women's four-way match, um, SCU and OWE, all the matches delivered, the, the title segment, I thought Brett was an amazing surprise. Yep. And it, was, it was so great to have him uh, there, and it gave a great rub uh, to those young guys that were with him. Um, so... I thought everybody did a great job in their spots and delivered, which is, you know, what you need to have a great show. Uh, but we were really focused on the bell to bell. Um, but I think our stuff skews young because we have like young, exciting performers. And, uh, I think there's something about social media now that, uh, people are more engaged with their celebrities they're more engaged with their sports stars than ever before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people can spot a phony and I think young people can spot a phony. And it's funny because uh, have you guys seen Wayne's World? Of course. Oh yeah. I mean that was okay. my life in in my teen and twenties. Party time, excellent. Remember when Russell Russell tells uh, Noah's they got Noah's Arcade? Uh, you know, kids can kids can spot a phony, and the Noah's Arcade guy kids don't know anything. Well, Russell, who ironically I think is the same actor as that Kurt Fuller, he played um, the villain in No Holds Barred. Um, yes. He, he's the one Good call, Tony. Kids are smart. Kids can yep. spot a phony. And I think that's true. And, um, you know, I was a kid when I saw that movie, and that rang true with me, and I believe it. 
And I think young people can spot when somebody believes what they're saying and they don't believe what they're saying. And when I was a kid, um, I really did believe uh, what, you know, uh, Ric Flair and Randy Savage and Bret Hart were saying in their promos. And um, I think that there's got to be some believability. And when you see a guy, you know, reading off a teleprompter or even the mental teleprompter, you know, just trying to recite a script and trying to remember, you know, kind of looking up in the air like, oh, God, I forgot a line. It really uh, it's very hard to suspend disbelief when you don't believe in the wrestler, don't believe in the, the performer, don't believe that in the real-life situation that's unfolding. And uh, so, like I said, like, I'm not surprised that we're drawing these young viewers. It was definitely kind of part of the plan going in. I think we have some social media stuff. Uh, stuff that we do specifically what the job being the elite the job the guys do on being the elite putting that show together is amazing uh nick in particular is such a multi-talented young guy in addition to just being like one of the best wrestlers in the world nick jackson's also such a great uh, creative mind it does an amazing job editing bte every week um and uh again bte is going to be a lot different than the wrestling show we do but that's that's the point is um you know we're going to provide, as I've always said, a serious sport-based product with the best wrestling, with the best bell-to-bell, you know, along the lines of what you saw on this show. And to be straightforward about something, something you're going to notice more and more in our shows is they're going to take place in and around the ring. Like, we're not going to go out of the arena. We're not going to spend half the show backstage, you know, in dressing rooms or, you know, backstage choreographed segments. Um, you know, I'm really interested in focusing on the matches and there's plenty of time, you know, outside the matches to focus on storyline advancement, to focus on the funny, uh, sketches and we can do all that. And nobody does that comedy better than our guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's nothing funnier in wrestling than BTE, but there's a time and a place for it. And, uh, you know, that's why, you know, before the Bucks and the Lucha Bros went out to settle their issue, uh, which is a very serious issue between these teams and, and go out and have a very serious, very fast paced, excellent wrestling match, uh, to tell the story of the issue that's taken place between these teams. You know, that's why we weren't doing comedy bits right before the guys went to the ring because, uh, it was a serious match and it was a great match. And, uh, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. That's why we didn't have, you know, Matt making Michael Nakazawa jokes in the middle of the match because, um, you know, that stuff is amazing. And people love BTE, but, you know, you don't want to do ha-ha funny when you're doing a serious wrestling show. There's, And we have a great balance between the two, and I think we're going to keep doing that. So, Tony, what, what's the driver, and, 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 and why did why did AEW get this far so fast? Uh, well, it's funny. I mean, it's all according to plan, Mark. I mean, you know, even uh, last summer, kind of had the idea the summer was going to be like this. I mean, the stuff we had laid out is, uh, you know, wanted to, I really wanted to do a Memorial Day show. I really wanted to do uh, All Out, which is what we're going to do, um, something along the lines of what the guys were doing with All In, uh, in, in you know, with the same fans in the same marketplace, uh, but have it be our show under our banner uh, and with the same spirit of fans and, and excitement. And, you know, we've done Double or Nothing. We're going to do All Out. The other show I felt really strongly about was Fight for the Fallen. Um, 
and all these things have fallen into place. We are, you know, we've done double or nothing. We're doing fight for the fallen July 13th um, in Jacksonville. And I felt really strongly about doing a show in, you know, my hometown of Jacksonville where there have been a lot of violent crimes, specifically a lot of tragedies involving gun violence, and really wanted to do something uh, positive for the community and bring them AEW and show my hometown and doing, you know, my family's amphitheater adjacent to our football stadium to show all these people that support us and, and even the people that work with us and, and the staff of the Jaguars and the players and, and you know, everybody that covers the team, uh, have everybody able to go to one place and see AEW. And, uh, and, and the performers love it too. The guys love coming to Jacksonville now um, because the Jaguars organization really treats the AEW performers like we're all one big family, which we are. That, that's just how we do things. It's a family business. All of my businesses are family businesses. And um, I'm not surprised we've gotten big because we've done everything according to the plan, Mark. And, uh, you know, the next step in the plan was to get the primetime TV launch. Everything's gone to plan. And, uh, wow. you know, I'm sure there'll, there'll be things that won't go to plan. But, uh, you know, almost everybody I wanted to get, we've gotten. We've got a roster that, I, to me, I can't believe we did it. But we've done it. Um, we've gotten all the performers, essentially, that you'd want to get to headline these shows that are going to be the guys that are going to be there for you week in, week out uh, for the TV show. And we have a deep roster, too. And I've always talked about I'm not really interested in uh, doing a lot of, you know, five, six nights on the week touring and keeping the wrestlers away from their homes, away from their families and away from other things they might have going on in their life. Um, you know, I always use the, the example when I'm asked about work-life balance of Dr. Britt Baker, who I think is like such a great spokesperson for our company. is such a great face for our company. And that's why I've really personally uh, put a lot of effort into promoting Britt and uh, bringing Britt along to uh, things like the network upfront because she's a great person, a great example for this company um, of our mission. You know, uh, for Britt to be able to live both of her dreams, not to have to make this really tough decision, do I want to be a, a, star rest, a star wrestler or do I want to be a doctor? Do I want to be a dentist? And practicing. And she wanted to do both. And I don't think there was another company that could have provided her both qualities of life where she could operate her dental practice and it's not going to be a, a, a complete strain on it. You know, there, there might be times where uh, she's got to reschedule some stuff, but she's going to be able to carry her practice, take care of her patients and also live out this career and be a star in our company. She's a really important person in our women's division. She's a great wrestler. She's a great person and uh, a great headliner. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, we've really helped make that possible for her. And uh, I want to keep doing that for people. And it's not just people working outside of AEW. There's a lot of people that we employ now full-time uh, with full-time health benefits that are doing a full-time job for us. You know, they, when we're up doing TV, it's not like we're going to be on the road, even though we're going to be in a different city every week doing TV. It's not like we're going to be doing, you know, five, six shows a week, um, even then in a full-time schedule. Tony, this has been – I'm sorry to cut you off because this has been absolutely tremendous. Next time you're in New York, we got to get you in. Dinner on Mark Henry, but we truly appreciate the time today, Mark. Thank you so much, Tony. 
really, I'd, I'd love to come visit you guys. I got all the time in the world for you and uh, and for Mark, uh, especially uh, Mark. It was a real pleasure meeting you, Dave. Real pleasure talking to you as well. Um, and I look forward uh, to staying in touch with you guys. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156, The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.